You guys grab a seat. 11 a.m. It feels good in here. It feels real good in here. Thank you for joining us today. If this is your first time at Red Rocks, I want to give you a very special welcome. My name is Ryan. I would love to meet you after the service. Uh, if you had to walk like a mile to get here, I'm so sorry about our parking lot. We got four more weeks, guys, and then you got the biggest parking lot you could ever need. Take two spots, three spots, it doesn't matter. We're going to have space for you, so thank you for being patient. Hey, there will come a day where we miss the good old days, right? There will come a day where we miss the good old days, so we enjoy the venue that we have while we are there. As Ethan said, we're talking about prayer today, and uh, I've been praying for you all week praying for this service, because uh, when I say the P word, when I say that we're talking about prayer, here's what happens. Like four people look at me and they're like, yes, 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 finally, like I'll go get my anointing oil. Let's do this thing, right? And if that's you, may I just say thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, Your prayers go so far and we uh, would not be here without your prayers. So thank you for being prayer warriors for this church. For the rest of us, we hear the word prayer, and we feel like we're getting called to the principal's office, right? Like, yeah, I know, here we go. We're going to be told that we don't pray enough. I know, I'm trying to get better at prayer. Like, if we're honest, we have a whole lot of shame and anxiety wrapped up around this topic of prayer. I was thinking about why that might be. And um, this, this week, as I, as I thought through it, I thought, um, well, yeah, of, of course we have all this baggage around prayer. Like, we all had imperfect homes that we grew up in, right? Like, like maybe for you, talking to a parent about something as you were growing up meant trouble. And, and it was just easier just to not say anything than to bring a request to a, a mom or a dad. Or, or maybe for you, it meant being ignored. You didn't want to set yourself up for, for that failure, so you, you just learned to to stay to yourself, take care of yourself, right? Maybe talking to a parent meant getting set up to be let down and a whole lot of of promises that that never came through. Or if you're like me, you have some religious baggage associated with prayer. And maybe you read some books, heard some sermons like, hey, revival's gonna come, but you gotta pray for like three hours every morning. And I, I would sit there like, yeah, I got this. And then I'd pray for like everybody that I knew. And I'd look at the clock and like four minutes had gone by. You know, I'm like, how are you guys praying for three hours? I can't do this. Plus, I have like a job, you know, like where are you getting all this time? Or, or, or maybe uh, you prayed and you prayed and you prayed and that prayer wasn't answered. And what you heard was, well, then you must have been doing something wrong. Unrepented sin or God must be angry with you or, or maybe you don't have enough faith. Those things over time will take a toll on us. Or quite simply, maybe you were taught, hey, there's a certain way that you can pray to God, and if you don't follow those rules, it's not going to go well for you. I met, I met with a person once who, true story, told me that somebody had told her, hey, um, when you pray, make sure you don't pray when you are going to bed at night because you might fall asleep. And if you do that, that's like hanging up on God. Okay, I'm not a dad, but I am an uncle. 
and, and Doug talks about little Will all the time. He's one year old. And, and over Christmas break, Will and I were at uh, my parents' house, and, and him and I were on the couch, and we were watching Lion King, and uh, Will was, was super into it. Uh, he was loving, loving everything that was going on. But right around the time Simba got tired of singing Akuna Matata, you know what I'm talking about? Uh, Andrew knows what I'm talking about. And he's thinking about like remembering who he is and about to take his place in the circle of life. Little Will starts cuddling up a, a little bit more, you know? And then I can see, I can feel him fading. And he just closes his eyes and he falls asleep. And I said, Wake up, Will! <laughs> Are you kidding me? I am your uncle. We are having quality time. This is a pivotal plot point in this movie. You will respect me. <laughs> if you've ever experienced that moment, you know it's one of the most precious things that you could ever experience, isn't it? And I'm, a, I'm not even a loving father. I'm an imperfect, crazy, weird uncle. And yet in that moment, like there's nothing I wouldn't do for that kid. I just want him to be comfortable. I just want him to sleep well, hanging up on God. Just stop it, right? It's terrible theology. And yet, is it any wonder why we all have so much anxiety and shame when it comes to praying and talking to God? So whatever your story, I thought it would be helpful for us to go back to the source, to read a passage of scripture that is Jesus answering the question about prayer. I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised and encouraged by what Jesus has to say about prayer. And I just want us to sit under the weight of this passage and allow it to melt away some shame and some anxiety today so that we can incorporate it into our 167. So if you have your Bibles, let's go Luke chapter 11. If not, it's up on the screen, don't worry. Hey, if you guys don't have a Bible, if you don't own a Bible, we have a ton of them back in the info hub. We would love to just give that to you. Um, so after service or right now, if you want to follow along, go grab one of those and take that home with you. This is Luke chapter 11. Jesus is asked by some of his disciples, hey, would you teach us how to pray? A fantastic question, by the way. Ask God, hey, would you teach us how to pray? And he goes through a couple of different things. And then in verse nine, he says this. So I say to you, listen to these words, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be open. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be open. Which of you fathers? Notice the divine rewiring that Jesus is doing in his disciples' minds right here. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? <laughs> or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? Kind of obscure imagery there, Jesus, right? I always think this isn't what actually happened, but in my mind, I just wonder, like, what's the backstory to that? And um, sometimes we play this game right before you go up on stage where, where your friends give you a word or a couple of words, and you have to try to work it into your sermon somehow. And so I just picture, like, Jesus about to get up on stage to, to give this sermon, and, and Peter stopping him. He's like, all right, Jesus, egg, serpent, scorpion. And Jesus just gone, no problem. Yeah, like, like walking up on stage. No, but don't, don't miss it, right? Which of you, if your kid asks for something, some food, would try to scare him in return? And then here's where we're going. If you, 
though you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more? How much more will your heavenly Father, Father in heaven, give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? We don't serve a God who is trying to keep from us. We serve a God who is trying to give to us and who loves you so much and wants nothing more than for you to hang out and talk to him. So I want to give us just a couple of practical ways that we can do that this week to equip you to head out into your 167. And I simply titled this message, Click and Drag. Click and Drag doesn't make sense to you now, but it will by the end of this, or else I have failed miserably as a communicator. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are a loving Father. We thank you that we can come to you and we can ask you to move. We can ask you to teach us. So Lord, would you teach us how to pray today? Thank you for being a loving Father. Be with everybody in this room. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I want to do something a little bit different. Um, there are certainly... So many people in this room right now who are thinking, hey, here we go, we're talking about intangibles and obscure things like talking to the creator of the universe. I don't even know what that is. I, don't, I wouldn't even know like how to start if I wanted to. Like, How do you even pray? Uh, a number of years ago, a friend of mine uh, and I, me and my friend, a friend of mine, I, I and a friend, I, mm, uh, we decided to, to sign up for a Spanish class. And we wanted to, to learn Spanish, and so we, we walk into the Spanish class, and we realized within about three seconds that we signed up for the wrong class, because there was not even like a hello, how are you doing, students kind of introduction in English. It was just straight to the Spanish. In fact, it was uh, against the rules to, to say any English words. It was like that type of like, these are the real deal you know, type, type of a class. And so we're looking at each other just like, well, this is awkward, you know? Like we're trying to like conjugate a verb over here. You know, like let's start small. And it finally comes around to us and we have to go, hey, uh, listen, we signed up for the wrong class and we like got up and we like walk ashamed out of there because we felt like we were crashing their party. Now, if you're in here and you see everybody singing songs and reading the Bible and talking about prayer and you're, you feel like you're crashing some party because you have no idea what any of this is, can I just encourage you right now, you're not crashing this party. You're the guest of honor at this party. You are why we exist. We love you so much. You are so welcome here exactly as you are. We proudly say every week we're just a bunch of imperfect people pursuing a perfect God. So no matter what you believe, you're a human being, and we love that you are here. And I want to take two minutes and go back to the very ground level of prayer. I want to explain it as simply as I know how in two minutes. So the Bible, I feel like someone's like timing me right now. <laughs> like, okay, Nick's like, oh, you said two minutes, so here we go. The Bible is a story about God, but it's also a story about God inviting us human beings to participate in the ongoing creation of his creation. So if you've ever worked at a, a large business where there's just thousands of cubicles everywhere and then somewhere on the third floor, like behind three locked doors, there's a couple of offices where the CFO and the CEO and the, the, the guys and the girls in charge are making all of the decisions up there, you know, and you're just kind of like a, a pawn that's just doing whatever you're supposed to do. Okay, God designed his universe in the exact opposite way. When God designed his universe, he said, hey, 
open door policy. Humans, you're in this with me. I want us to co-create together, right? I want you to be a part of this thing with me. How do we do that? Prayer. We just read the passage, ask and it will be given to you. Like we literally have the ability to ask God. It's very weird, but it works. We can ask God and he will do these things for us. He listens to our prayers. He takes our opinions into consideration. It's not the the memo that you send to the boss. You know, it's just going to get thrown away and laughed at. Like we are all a part of this and prayer is the vehicle that we use. So how do you do it? Well, however you want. You can talk to God however you want. This isn't the way, but this is a way. So, so let, let's go. Find a quiet place sometime this week where you can be away from distractions and interruptions. Take a seat. Take a few deep breaths. Close your eyes. Bow your head. You don't have to do that. You, you probably see when I say, like, let's pray, everybody goes like this, you know. And, and if you're new to it, you're like, why? What? Did we fall asleep? All right. No, it's just a way that we eliminate distractions. Um, it helps, helps me. My mind goes all over the place. You guys are like, yeah, we've watched you preach, man. So, like, I need to stay focused, you know. I, it, a number of years ago, this guy named Bob Goff, if you know who that is, came through the church I was working at, and he was about to go up on stage. We were like, hey, Bob, pray for us. And he's like, all right, hey, how about this? I'm going to pray. Everybody keep your eyes open. Because he's Bob and he's, he's just crazy. He's awesome. And, and, and he just starts praying out loud and we're all looking at each other like, I don't, know, I don't know what to do. Like, where do I look right now? Right, so close your eyes, bow your head. Um, not now. I'm saying like this week when you do that. <laughs> and uh, start saying thank you for everything that you can think of. I don't have anything to be thankful for. You got air in your lungs. You're still alive. Thank you, Lord, for another day. Thank you that I'm here. Thank you that I get to go to school. Even if you don't enjoy it, you get to go to school. Not everybody has that opportunity. Thank you that I get to go to work. Even if you're tired of it, you have a job. And it may not be where you ultimately want to end up, but you're somewhere. So just start saying thank you. Thank you for the roof over my head. Thank you for my family. Thank you for my friends. Thank you for all my blessings. You'll be amazed at what's a little bit of gratitude will do when we turn our attention to God and just say thank you. And then ask. Ask just like scripture says. God, I have an exam this afternoon. I'm nervous about it. Would you help me? God, I have a a meeting with a client and we don't get along very well. Would you give me grace, right? Um, God, in that relationship, the past mistakes, the the things that I'm anxious about in the future, just, just there's something powerful about bringing it to God. And then What you'll hear us Christians say is, in Jesus' name we pray, or in the name of Jesus we pray, amen. We say in the name of Jesus simply because Jesus gives us permission to. He says, ask in my name. I've stamped my approval uh, on your request. So in the name of Jesus, amen. Amen just means so be it, right? Or this is the way, if you're a Mandalorian fan in here. Jared, you're a Mandalorian fan. I know you are. It's the baby Yoda thing, if you don't know what I'm talking about. Um, we just say amen. It's a way to, to, to end a prayer. Again, you don't have to do it, but now you are equipped this week to sit down. Five minutes, ten minutes. Try it. Even if it's your first time and it feels weird, try it this week. You'll be amazed at what starts to happen because prayer is powerful. Prayer is powerful. Ask 
and it will be given to you. Or as James says it, Jesus' own brother James, uh, you, you do not have because you do not ask. Think about that for a second. You don't have because you don't ask. There are things in your life that you don't have because you're not asking God for them. Or put another way, things in your life will start to change as soon as you start praying about those things. Why? Because prayer is powerful. And may I just say that this last year of our lives is living proof that prayer is powerful. As soon as I uh, got to Austin, the first coffee uh, meeting that I had was with somebody who said, by the way, uh, I've been praying for, for you guys to come here for four years. <laughs> and I, I was like, wait, what are you talking about? I wasn't even thinking about this four years ago. And they're just like, yeah, no, been praying for, for four years, right? And there's all these, these people that have been praying for us and for like what you see right now is the result of a whole bunch of answered prayers. This new building that we're moving into, so many of you, uh, man, so many of you have spent so much time asking God to, to create a, a space where, where, where we can take our next step. And we're seeing that prayer get answered. I'll, I'll share this. Um, I wasn't going to, uh, but he's not here, so I'll do it anyways. Uh, Doug has been praying for, um, for four, he's had four buildings in the greater Austin area that he's just like, he's had a feeling about for like two years now. He's spent so much time at all of those places praying. The building that we're moving into is one of those places. In fact, and don't, this isn't like weird, whatever, but there was a day last March where he was fasting and he was praying for the, the future of, uh, well, yeah, I know I have church baggage because I'm like, oh, now I said that he was fasting, so he's going to lose his reward. You know, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, religion rehab, part two, coming in the fall. Uh, he was fasting and praying about the future of the church. And uh, if, if any of you were at the hangout where we went to Mobile Loaves and Fishes and watched Mission Impossible, uh, this was that day. Um, and he drove past our new building on the way, and he said he just felt it, felt a peace. Like, yeah, yeah, that's right. He didn't know the ins and outs. He didn't know that, that uh, less than a year later we'd be able to open our doors and build a brand-new front porch for prodigals uh, and welcome people all around Austin into that area. But he was praying. And my point is simply this. Prayer is powerful. Prayer works. Well, Ryan, are you saying that, that we wouldn't have the building if we hadn't been praying for it? I don't know, you know, like that's so far above my pay grade, you guys. My, uh, my friend Chad says it this way. He goes, hey, don't get up there and try to referee the mystery of the sovereignty of God. Just get up there and call his people to pray. So I don't know how it all works, but I do know that prayer is powerful. I do know that prayer changes things. And I do want to invite you this week just to try it for the sickness the healing that you need for the work situation, for the promotion, right, for the in-laws, <laughs> for, for the, your friends that you have that are far from God. There's this great uh, 19th century preacher named D.L. Moody, or Dwight, Dwight Moody. I like to think he went by Dwight. Um, he had a list of 100 friends and family members who were far from God. He wrote down the list. He carried it with him everywhere that he went. And he prayed for those people every single day. 
and um, throughout the course of his life, like, he would just pray and pray and pray and pray and pray. 96 of them in the course of his lifetime started following God. 96. And then, as the story goes, the other four showed up to his funeral and gave their lives to Christ at his funeral. Prayer is powerful. Do you need to make a list of 100? I can't do that, right? Maybe we start with five this week. Maybe you make a list of five friends. Put it on your nightstand. Pray for each one of them. Maybe you pray for one every day. You go through the whole list every week with two grace days in there. Give it a shot. Prayer is powerful. Now, some of you may be going, well, okay, Ryan. Maybe you're saying that, that, that prayer is powerful. That hasn't been my experience. My experience, I tried praying. It didn't change anything. And may I with all due respect, push back. I think that every time we pray, it changes something. It's just that it might not always change things the, the way that we want them to be changed. Sometimes prayer changes circumstances, but every time prayer changes us. So, so prayer is powerful is point number one, but prayer, point number two is prayer is a process. There's this great commercial back in the day where a guy was on a scale at a gym ready to lose weight and he gets off the scale and he does like this speed walk around the gym you know for like five seconds then he hops back on all excited and it says the same thing and he's like it didn't work what's the deal and I feel like sometimes we do the same thing with prayer I asked God I prayed about it you know like a quick shotgun prayer and I wonder if our loving heavenly father cares more about spending time with us and inviting us into the process and, and refining us as we go. <laughs> because the things that we're asking for, he's like, yeah, I, I, can, I can just do that. Or I can invite you into the journey with me. So you see, as, after Jesus says, ask and it will be given to you, he says, seek and you will find. We like to think of seek as like, I looked it up on my iPhone. Knowledge is something we can get the touch of a button now. Wisdom doesn't work that way. Wisdom is a journey, and prayer is the vehicle that transports us to our destination. We learn and gain wisdom as we pray. Prayer is a process. Now, come on, you parents, you know what I'm talking about, right? Wait, what would happen if you gave your kids everything that they asked for? When Doug and I were growing up, we shared a room. We had bunk beds, so we had more room for activities. And um, by the way, that's a stepbrother's quote. Did you guys pick up on the fact that our Lion King streak is now three weeks in? I'm not going to be the one to mess it up. We don't do many things right around here, but okay. We have bunk beds. And then uh, later in life, we, we got a, a bigger house and I had my own room. Um, and I walked into the room and I hung out for like 10 minutes. And I was like sitting there like, oh, cool, I have my own space. Wonder what Doug's up to, you know. And then I, w I went back into his room, and we continued to have bunk beds together. Um, now we just do everything together. It's fine. Um, not a big deal. Not codependent at all. Um, we used to stay up late at night. Not late. Eight thirty. I don't know. <laughs> Talking, and uh, when we when we heard about prayer, and we heard that prayer works, we were like, well, we got to give this a test run. So, do you remember zoo books? Anybody remember zoo books? Uh, if you don't, there are these, like, magazines with animals, 
um, and we were all about them. And we got one that had a, a blue and gold macaw in it. So Doug became a big bird guy for, for a season. And so we used to stay up late and, and, and pray that God would give us two things, remote control cars and a blue and gold macaw. And we'd like put the prayer request in and go to sleep and wake up like it's Christmas morning, you know, and like run down the stairs like, where's the macaw? It's a bird, if, you, if you're wondering, like, what's he talking about, right? And of course, like, that's not how prayer works. But at the time, we were like, well, what's the deal, God? Like, ask and it will be given to you, right? Well, if you think about it, I looked it up this week. Those birds, one of those birds lived to be 112 years old. We were into them for like two days. Do you know what I mean? Like, if God had given us just what we wanted, that's that's. 111 years and 363 more days that we have to like put up with and train this bird and like carry it around and we were laughing this week like pass it off to Will when the right time comes you know and he's like cool guys thanks for praying for like hey sometimes I thank God for unanswered prayers I almost sang it that time I'm gonna sing it at the six somebody should write a country song uh, about that I'm lacking confidence, guys. Pray for me. We thank God for unanswered prayers because prayer is a process. It's a process of learning about God. And as we do, amazing things start to happen. This guy named David wrote at the end of his life, Psalm 37, verse 4. It says this, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. There's two sides to that coin, isn't there? We hear, give me the desires of my heart. And it's easy to go like, okay, here's my list. Boom, 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 boom. Thanks, God. Sweet. First part of that is delight yourself in the Lord. Walk with Jesus. Because I tell you what starts to happen, not that I do it perfectly by any means, but as you go, it's like your will used to be over here. Mine used to be Macaws, and his will is over here. And then those two, like a Venn diagram, just start to overlap. I'm not praying for birds anymore. <laughs> you know, I'm praying for the church. I'm praying for us. I'm praying for what God is up to. And I, I tell you, man, the more that, that those two begin to overlap, you just start to see prayers answered left and right. It's a really beautiful thing. And I have people, mentors in my life, who I know are praying for me right now. And when they say they're praying for me, I just get all the confidence in the world. I'm good. You know, like when I know that they're praying for me, I'm like, I'm going to be all right. No matter what happens, I'm going to be all right because I know that they got me and I want to be that person for people one day, but it's a process, isn't it? So we go through the process and uh, three quick practical ways to, to help, to aid during the process is simply this. Have a place. Have a place. I have a chair in my room that I go to at the beginning of every morning and I have to go there first before I get on my phone, before I do anything else because I know I'm going to start getting distracted by so many things. So I go to my chair, and I sit, and I pray. Now, you young parents are, are looking at me right now like, cool, must be nice. You get to just take it easy in the morning. I know, okay? But that might not be your situation right now. Maybe for you it's the shower or the car or in your, in your office right before you get to work. Whatever it is, have a place and you're going to be throwing shotgun prayers around all day long, but, but it's good to set a foundation, right? Have a place, but also have a pace. It doesn't happen overnight. In fact, the, the, the whole point of this 
is ongoing steps in the right direction. If we can start implementing some prayer into our lives every day, I'm telling you, it's going to change the trajectory of your life. And the last thing I would say is have some grace. Have a place, have a pace, and have some grace. Man, prayer doesn't come natural to all of us. You know, it takes time. It's a, it's a process, but it's like a muscle. The more that, that you work it out, the stronger you get. So have some grace with yourself as you learn how to pray. All that baggage from the past, God's mad at me, I don't you know, hanging up on God, just stop. We have a loving Father. We have a loving Father who just wants to spend time with us. So, I hope you're beginning to see that prayer is powerful. Also, that prayer is practical. I'm sorry. The prayer is powerful and that prayer is a process. The last thing I'll say, and I just gave it away, is prayer is just very practical. Like even without over-spiritualizing it. Neuroscientists are beginning to do run studies and see that 12 minutes of prayer every day for eight weeks actually changes our brain chemistry. Not like, we're not talking about pastors right now. We're talking about smart people. <laughs> smart people are going, hey, this actually works. Something's happening when we pray. Well, how could that be? I'll explain it like this. This has popped up on my computer screen every day for the last six months. <laughs> and every day, I click that little manage button, and it says this wonderful, beautiful thing, remind me tomorrow. Every day. I got too much work to do. I got too much stuff to do. I don't even know what that means, you know? Remind me tomorrow, we'll, we'll take care of it some other time. Manage, you know? Delegation <laughs> to the future. Delegate to the future. Um, I used to think my computer was just bluffing. Now I know that it's being serious because my computer's starting to slow down because I just have too, too many documents and I've got too, we're making the roots and I've got too many videos on there, right? And I've got too many things, so it's starting to slow my computer down. But the way that my mind works is, well, I don't have time to think about that because I got to keep moving forward. The irony of it is I'm moving forward very slowly because I'm not stopping to breathe. What's the solution? My solution is buy a hard drive, plug your computer into an external source, click and drag all the stuff that's currently on your computer that you don't need anymore over to an external source and free up some space for what, what you need to do today, right? I was laughing with Ethan uh, right before the, the service telling him that. And he's like, nope, it's 2020, dude. Like, use the cloud. And I said, what's the cloud? I don't understand. In fact... Authenticity, whatever. Uh, my, so my computer, my desktop is so unorganized and it drives Ethan nuts. I just have all my like sermons and all my weeklies and all that just saved on my desktop. And then it gets overwhelming. So what I do is I open a folder. I see like people getting anxious right now. I open a folder and I just call it everything. And I click and I drag everything to the everything. But the problem is, stick with me. Two months later, there's all sorts of more documents on my desktop. So I created everything two. I now have everything one, two, three, and four. And we were just up there, I was like, oh, it's about time for everything five, because I've got all sorts of stuff. In the meantime, they create these things with unlimited data that can certainly hold my sermons 
external sources that I could just click and drive over to and then I wouldn't have to worry about it. Here's why I say that. In the digital age that we live in, you and I are being inundated with just way too many things. Like if anybody's tired in here, I can tell you why. It's because there's just so many things flying at us at a million miles per hour. All of these things coming for us, all these decisions that we have to make, all of these appearances that we feel like we have to keep up on social media and all of these like, like people we need to get back to. Like there's just too much to do. Our disc is almost full. If you're anything like me, you think the solution is just remind me tomorrow. Remind me tomorrow. Prayer is the process of plugging into an external source, one with unlimited data, unlimited space, and just going, hey, all the shame that I'm feeling from my past, God, would you take that for me? Click, drag. All the anxiety about my future and what, what's coming, God, would you take that for me? Click, drag. The, the, the fights that I'm getting into with my coworkers or the bitterness or the resentment that I'm holding on to, God, would you hold on to that for me? Click, drag. And here's the thing. We have a loving father who says, I would love nothing more than to do that for you. And I just love the process of getting to, to process this with you. Thank you for talking to me. Yes, let me take that. Paul said it this way, don't worry about anything pray about everything because every time you start worrying just see it as a tap on the shoulder to go oh it's time to pray how about that for a, a paradigm shift what if every moment this week you started to worry you saw it as an invitation to stop and pray click drag god it's yours now well ryan i <laughs> i worry a lot Awesome. You're going to be a prayer warrior in no time. Ample opportunity this week to practice praying. I'll say this. It's the last thing I'll, I'll say. Um, prayer is not just something that I understand in theory. It's something that I've experienced. This whole thing that I do being a pastor, it's actually a very ironic career path for me. Um, I spent the first 20 years of my life so terrified to say a word in front of anybody. In sixth grade, I was voted quietest kid in school. You know, like the, it's usually like, most likely to be president, most likely to play in the NBA. I got quietest. Cool. <laughs> I don't want to be. I'm just, I was shy, right? I was scared. I was nervous about so many things. My, least favorite class I ever took was public speaking, sophomore year of, of high school. Every day I had to get up and give a speech. I didn't sleep the night before. I wouldn't eat leading up to it. I'd be up there like legs shaking, you know, and they'd be looking at me like, it's just school, man. They're like, are you okay? You know? I fell in love with the outreach side of ministry and the shepherding side of ministry long before any of the, the in front of people stuff. And this started coming with it, and I, I, I just wanted to bail. I wanted to, I was like, no, 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 I don't want that part of like the whole church thing, you know? But then I just, I kept getting all these opportunities and I would just be so anxious every time. And then fortunately, a mentor of mine sat down with me one night and he said, hey, 
What if every time you started getting anxious to go speak in front of people, you saw it as your loving father tapping you on the shoulder going, I'm here. I'm with you. We got this. What if you use that as an opportunity to pray? And it just so happens that I used to get so anxious in front of people that my prayer life just took off, <laughs> you know? I had so many opportunities to pray, and I love to say that, like, day one, it changed everything. That's not my story. That's some people's story. It's not mine. But, man, day after day, week after week, service after service, every time just going, God, please come with me. At, at first it was, God, just take this cup for me. Like, cancel the service, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and then it started becoming, okay, God, I'm nervous, but I, we, we got this. Can I tell you this morning I woke up, went over to my chair, read Luke 11 one more time, closed my eyes and just said, God, I get to stand up in front of people all day today and talk about you, and there is nothing else that I would rather do. Why? Because inviting the Holy Spirit with me on this journey has transformed me. And so I have other things, right? That, and there's added pressure and, and all that. But this stuff isn't hard for me anymore. And that's not me bragging. I'll brag about this all day because I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about my God. And maybe Paul knew what he was saying when he said, when I'm weak, it's actually in those moments that I'm strong. Because I know full well that Ryan without the Holy Spirit is running down the street right now trying to get away from this place, right? Inviting God into my weakness, praying over and over and over again, embracing the process transforms your life. I promise. So whatever that thing is for you today, maybe the thing that Maybe the thing that, that you've never wanted to let God into. And you go, yeah, me and God are cool, but I'm like working this thing out over here because he's not going to like that so much, so I'll work that out and then we'll be even cooler. Can I encourage you? That might be the very place that, that, that God wants to go with you today. In fact, when you start praying and then you start thinking about a million other things going on, you start thinking about that, that meeting that you have later and you start feeling really bad about it because you're like, I'm supposed to be focusing right now. Maybe God wants to talk to you about that meeting. Maybe you just go there. You just let God into those places in your life. I promise you the process of prayer transforms because prayer is powerful. Prayer is a process. Prayer is practical. Click, drag. Click, drag. So we get an opportunity to do that this morning. Um, you guys stand up to your feet. We're going to sing a couple songs and as we do, I, I want to encourage you, maybe for the first time ever, uh, it's a safe space, safe place for you to process whatever's going on with God or with people in the back if you need to after, or after the first song. Um, maybe you try bringing that thing, clicking that thing and dragging it over to the external, the external hard drive with unlimited space. Give it to God and just see what happens promise you it'll change your life. Father, I thank you so much. I thank you that you uh, transform us. I thank you that you are a loving Father. I thank you that you cared about us so much that even when we were far from you, you came for us because that's what loving fathers do. Lord, would you help every soul in this room see you as a loving father a little bit more today? 
We sing these songs to you in Jesus' name.